0: Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Sorry for the long break that we had. Um, Emma's actually getting married this week that we're recording this episode. So we've been prepping for her wedding. But today we are talking about Christian dating, and we're joined by Landon Swain, who is an author, a viral content creator, speaker, playwright, and lyricist. He was moved to compassionate action after seeing the overcomplexity of Christian dating culture. So he spent his last few years at Liberty University researching, writing, and promoting his first book, which he believes can untangle some of the problems with the Christian with the culture through conversation. He currently works in Pennsylvania as a staff associate with young life and just published a new book on Philemon. So we are so excited to have you, Landon. welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. i I love talking about the stuff that I've written about, and so i I'm, I'm so ex- I'm like antsy like <laughs> in, in excitement for this conversation.
0: Well, incredible. Can you just like tell us a little bit more about yourself? Who are you? Why are you passionate about this, and why were you <laughs> writing books about it?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Linda Twain. Uh, I'm on as as you said. I'm on staff. With, I'm on staff with Young Life in Pennsylvania. Uh, um, I am in my mid twenties, and the reason that I'm really passionate about Christian dating culture mainly stems from i uh, going to Liberty University. Um, the dating culture at Liberty, which is the I believe is still the world's largest Christian university, GCU may have passed it recently, um, but they the dating culture is notoriously complicated. Uh, And so I used to host this event that they do at Liberty. It's like a giant talent show event called Coffee House. Uh, And so one particular semester, we were going to do a coffee house themed after late night television shows. So uh, everything from Jimmy Fallon to Conan and everything in between. So uh, we were thinking through like, okay, what are the different ways we can honor different shows? And I thought of... uh, last week tonight with john oliver and how he does these big research reports on different things and then kind of makes fun of it in order to Mm prove a larger point i was like oh that'd be hilarious to do for something at liberty and so we thought about the dining hall we thought about uh different professors and then we're like the dating culture because it's so notoriously like complicated people doing ring by spring all this stuff and so i put out a bunch of surveys for it and then overwhelmingly it was way more negative than i thought it would be Mm. like it was I I honestly couldn't believe like some of the stories people were telling me, um, the way that they felt all these different pressures. And so, it was supposed to be like a little segment, and then the pandemic hit, so we actually had to cancel the event. Uh, So then I was like, okay, it could be a couple blog articles for the job I had website. Um, And then the more that I did research on it, the more that I reached out to other colleges and kind of got. their impressions of their dating culture and got like a grander scope of church dating culture at large i kind of realized that this is a much bigger issue than a blog could cover or even like a little segment this this could be a book and so uh, i kind of identified a bunch of areas that needed to be talked about and then i uh, i had all the time in the world with a pandemic <laughs> so i just started writing books i'd written like a bit before like i'd written like plays in high school and tried to write a book when I was in high school. Um, but then with getting a creative writing degree, uh, and different things like that, it just kind of all came together. Um, and I was able to publish it after I graduated, uh, once I moved up North. Um, and so it's, it's done fairly well for a self-published book. Um, and more importantly, I think that it has started the conversation for a lot of people because I think that by talking about it and by identifying what's working, what's not working, or actually getting to a place of practical change uh, towards the direction that we need to be going,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, both Emma and I went to the King's College. So it's a super tiny Christian school in New York as well. And so we oh, have faced yeah. a lot of the similar um, issues that you're talking about. And it's like so weird because yeah. there is ring by spring here, but then in New York, like people are like, why would you even get married before 30? And there's all these like 21 year olds at Kings that are married now. And <laughs> it's just like such a funny juxtaposition. Yeah. But
1: which oh, what's goodness. funny is I actually while while I was at my job at Liberty that mm-hmm. we had y'all's former president, um Thornbury. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, come and speak. I mm-hmm. I loved him. Yeah, he he had a <laughs> I think he might regret it now, but he had a book on uh he had like a speech on Kanye. And he oh, was like, yeah, Kanye talks, <laughs> <laughs> everyone listens. And I was like years before all the anti-Semitic stuff. Uh-huh. So was like... <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So th- funny. That's, yeah. So I've heard good things about the Kings. College.
0: Yeah. It's great. Super tiny. It's like, I think it's down to 230 kids now. So like tiny really? school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm curious. what are some problems that you like saw that either were reoccurring or else were like the biggest problems of Christians dating culture or like how Christians are approaching dating?
1: Oh man. Um, I'd say a big one is the pressures that Christians typically have to deal with, um one being the pressure to get married really young. Um, a lot of people that will talk about dating in whatever regard, whether it be like a sermon series or whatever, will bring up this marriage statistic that that people are, are getting married um older. Um I think it's risen by three to four years since the 80s, I think is this the scope. But it's like it's a true statistic. Like I'm not denying that at all. But the way that it's always framed is that uh that it's always in the negative that uh that um the marriage age increasing denotes that like it's a bad thing that people are getting married later in life which I get some elements of that argument because you know the reasons for uh them getting married later uh can vary from you know like the, the culture at large uh yeah. kind of overvaluing individuality or whatever but when you frame it like that And never act and always act like getting married later in life is always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You put this pressure on people to get married significantly earlier. Uh, And people start to believe that they're behind in life if they're not graduated from college Mm -hmm. without being engaged or married. Mm -hmm. I had a a professor verbatim tell our class, if you leave this university without being married or engaged or knowing who you're going to marry, you are making a mistake. I was like 20 at the time. And it's like, bro, like I—that's I, a lot on me. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah. And, and that's no diss to people that do get married mm-hmm. in college or engaged in college. Like, good for them. But like, I—I'm twenty. Like, I, mm-hmm. I like well, I don't even know where my next class is. Yeah. Much less like who <laughs> I'm gonna get married to. And so that—that that was a huge pressure. And people will take a lot of they'll take a lot of scripture. Semi in context, semi mm-hmm. out of context to to really like promote these ideas. So it's not good for men to be alone. Uh, be fruitful, multiply. Uh, even the pressure to have kids also denotes the pressure to get married yeah. so that you can have kids uh, and kind of this natural like this is the logical progression of events. You have to do this in order to do that. And basically you're kind of failing if you're not doing these things. Uh, and so a lot of people, I I feel like are making decisions to get married, uh, based off of pressures that they feel like they have to be having kids. Mm -hmm. And then people are running into the issue of once they get into marriage, like infertility is a very common problem for people. Yeah, Yeah. And then it's this weird guilt and shame about, I'm not able to fulfill this thing Mm -hmm. that I've been told is like the peak of existence. And it's just not, Mm um, and it's, that's not a diss to having kids, but it's more an acknowledgement that like some people just aren't able to, mm-hmm. uh, and the church just by and large does not talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. and the way that the pressures that they, the, the things that they put on a pedestal and the way that not everybody is able to fulfill that there, sometimes they are setting up people to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say those, those pressures are kind of prominent within Christian culture and that that's, some of the larger issues Mm
0: -hmm. do you think so i feel like i've been in a lot of sermons where marriage is always talked about and like they'll kind of mention like singleness or even like dating as like a period of your life but like you know it's just like a season you know like your season of singleness whatever (laughs) they decide to say for the sermon do you think that like marriage is almost like idolized in christian culture and that like kind of like puts some pressure on young christians to get married so early
1: Yeah, I think that it goes, it's very case by case. I think that some people over idolize singleness and Mm -hmm. make it out to be maybe something that it isn't necessarily. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people that are idolizing marriage and Mm -hmm. they act like it's the end all be all. They act like it's the ultimate. They act like your life basically doesn't begin until you get married. Um, And I, I think of, Tangled, where that song, where does when, when will my life yeah. begin? I think that that's the mindset that some people have is that mm-hmm. oh, like life began when I met somebody, not when I was born. Um, so I, yeah, I think that it really is. It it's based off the environment that you're in. So um, uh, a, a pastor that's in a big city like New York or something like that might say, oh, that like singleness is idolized because. Mm-hmm in that individualistic society yeah, yeah. um and the way that that careers really prioritize uh it might come across that way i think that marriage tends to be the one that at least christians by and large are talking about because mm-hmm. just about every christian you talk about talk to is like oh when i meet my future wife when i uh you know meet my future husband um it's always talk about like proverbs 31 woman mm-hmm. and all this stuff uh and it, you know, it's fine to talk about those things because, like, yeah, it's, it's a it's a big desire for people. Uh, and so I think that – sorry, I am currently dog-sitting, and I'm trying to get this <laughs> dog in the cage so he's not biting me as <laughs> of this interview. Oh, <laughs> Come, on, Come on, Hudson. Anyway, yes, I think that marriage is mm-hmm. idolizing the church. I think that singleness is also idolized in certain circles, um, but it really just kind of goes case-by-case basis. Um, I think that marriage tends to be the one that a lot of people act like your life doesn't begin until you get married. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that creates a lot of pressure within Christian culture. Uh, I think that singleness – people will talk about it like it's a season. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it is for some people. Uh, and people either go – tend to go like one of two polar extremes. They'll say that like singleness is – you know, like everybody, like everybody should be single. I see that. i yeah. see that weird realm where they're like, this guy, actually this one guy was like, no one should ever get married because we all should be fully devoted to God. And when oh. I pressed in on that, I was like, all right, so by your logic, within Christian teaching, you know, sex is for marriage. And so mm-hmm. uh, by your logic, no one should ever get married. And so therefore no one should have kids. So therefore we should have died off after Adam and Eve. And the man yeah. said, Yes. And it was like are you just you know oh, complete okay. genocide complete, yeah <laughs> we just die <laughs> off uh so there's that, <laughs> that extreme and then there is the oh something's wrong with you if you're not married mm-hmm. uh and complete disregard for um first corinthians 7 where yeah. it talks about singleness complete disregard for the life of jesus the life of john the mm-hmm. baptist life of paul um yeah. it, it's a weird weird polar extreme mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually curious if you've seen this at all. I was in community group last night and we were talking about dating relationships and like, there's a couple married couples in there. They're like, what is dating as a Christian? Like, especially in New York city right now, like what's happening. And so some of us were talking about it and we like, we're talking about this thing. And this one guy was like, I think it's called ninja dating, but he's like, basically it's where like, there's like all this pressure that like, if you're going to date someone, like, date intentionally, make it the person you're going to marry, like, don't, like, waste people's time, so, like, if you get into a relationship that doesn't end with marriage, it's kind of, like, a waste, whatever, and so people will just basically, like, go on dates where, like, everyone knows it's a date, but it's not labeled as a date, and it's kind of, like, a fake relationship where there's, like, not commitment, but you guys know that you're dating, but then, like, when it ends, it's not, like, actually a breakup because so many people are afraid to actually get into relationships if it's not, like, the right person or, like, you know, whatever it may be and we're all talking about this we're like yeah like that happens all the time where you're like 100 percent, this is a date but no one's calling it a date like it's just like very odd so I'm curious like have you guys seen that like outside of New York like I'm not sure what the dating scene is like Christian's there
1: I'm not I'm not seen what uh, I've never heard the term ninja dating yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've I've seen that like general concept of people not being mm-hmm. willing to commit to a relationship and in a sense I think that there's like good things that are coming from that hyper-vigilance of like dating to marry, all that stuff like don't waste people's time. I think that's great that people Mm -hmm. don't want to waste other people's time and that people are a little bit more intentional. I also have seen it get sour where people will be like, oh, I won't start dating this person until I know that they are my future spouse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what do you think the point of dating is? Is trying to (laughs) figure that out it's it's like this weird I have to know mm-hmm. before I even know type of deal. yeah yeah uh, and so that's kind of weird and I think that people also put way too much pressure on dating mm-hmm. uh, people kind of shame casual dating in the sense of you know like playing around with people's hearts and I'm like all for like not just messing around mm-hmm. but I also think that like you can just go out to coffee with somebody, yeah, and you both know that it's like a potential romantic thing, mm-hmm. it's defined as a date, but it not be a big deal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I've i been talking with um, I, I've I'm on like a hundred percent with uh, if you know, you know dating uh, on TikTok and Instagram, mm-hmm. their big thing is like it's a first date your entire point of the first date is to figure out if you want there to be a second date because there's plenty of people that you probably should desire on like a spiritual level. Like Mm. it's like you have the maturity that I want in somebody that I want to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with, but that does not mean that you connect socially. And when, when all we value is their spirituality, Mm -hmm. I think that we could sometimes, people can like get themselves into relationships that they just are not going to be happy in mm-hmm. because they've only been told that the spiritual side of things matters. Yes, their relationship with the Lord matters. Absolutely. It's top priority. However, what also matters is do you like being around them? Mm-hmm. That's not selfish of you to yeah. say, yeah, like you're a great person, lo- you love the Lord. I don't want to marry you if if mm-hmm. you lack a attraction to people, that's fine, like as long as you're not being shallow or whatever, but like you don't have to you know like ignore the fact that yeah, you're not attracted yeah. to somebody just because uh, you know well, they love Jesus, so that's it mm-hmm. like I don't know, like people say just say, like this is this is kind of a tangent, but its, it's something I'm very passionate about. I think that some people really dis physical attraction hmm. uh, in their evaluation of, of marriage. Um, and it's because they're saying how it doesn't matter as much as a lot of people think it does. And that's true. But then they go to the extreme of saying it shouldn't matter at all. It hmm. shouldn't be on your list. And that's yeah. just not human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First Samuel 16, it's taken out of context. People say, It says, do not consider his height or his stature, for the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah, it says that, but the context of that is they're choosing a leader for Israel, not a spouse. And later in the exact (laughs) same chapter, it says that David was handsome. He was, Mm -hmm. you know, had these beautiful eyes. So like, it's not like he wasn't attractive. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, people will. Take a good principle and take it a little too far to Mm -hmm. be an unhuman thing. You are also not God. So, your evaluation of things, you are a human. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you should be mindful of that and like your flesh and all that stuff, but you're also human and it's psychology. You're fine. I don't want to be attracted to the person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
0: um so i'm curious i was like looking through your website looking at like your book um summary like all that jazz and you talked about how in a lot of these surveys that you're getting back people were talking about how toxic christian dating is what were some of the examples that people were considering toxic and then also you like had some interesting paragraphs on your um on your page about how you're like is it like really toxic like is that the right word so i'd love to hear like just your thought process on that
1: yeah, uh, toxic's toxic's kind of a heavy word. This, yes, yes. <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, okay, I just have heard that word brought mm-hmm. up a lot. I personally don't really like saying it. There's very select things that I'm like, this is actually yeah. like really, really toxic. Everything else is just like this could be done better. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I'm more just like a using that word against what it's saying. Um. But. As far as individual things, I remember the surveys. One story was like, I sat down with a guy who was in ROTC, and within a minute of the date, he said, "Uh, "Do you see yourself being a military wife?" She said no, and he got up and left. And it was like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, you asked me (laughs) a date, so that was kind of like that's not toxic necessarily. It's just like, yeah, like you just wasted someone's time." Um, Yeah. Things that I think are the most complicating Mm -hmm. within Christian dating culture is tends to be the phrases that people use. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like, God told me that we should break up. God told me that you're my future wife. That's heavy. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I I don't think people realize just how big of a deal it is to say that God told you something. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, if you or a false prophet, if you said that God said something and he didn't, or you said that something was going to happen and it doesn't come to pass, by Old Testament standards, you would get stoned to death. Mm-hmm. It's that big of a deal. Uh, and people very, very flippantly would just say, God told me that this, my future was yeah. yeah. Yes, I think that there's some legitimacy to that. Or with, I, I can't deny some people's stories and some people, like I got uh, a buddy of my name, Ethan. He's, I remember like, when my book came out, he was like, yeah, I love the book. He's like, I actually had the experience of like, I, I believe that I was told that this, mm. that uh, this is my future wife. And they ended up getting married. So it's like, yeah, okay. Like I'm not denying uh-huh. Uh But I think that way too many people are like, and it also brings up a point of like our knowledge of what exactly the voice of God is, I mm. think has it's kind of telling that a yeah, lot of people yeah. instantly assume that just because they feel a certain way that that instantly is God's voice. Mm-hmm. Do I think that God can lead through feelings? Absolutely. I also don't think that every feeling that we have is God's yeah. verbal voice. Um, and I also think that people will, will say stuff like, I don't have peace about this. Um, can't be perfectly valid. I, like I, I know that like, I've wrestled with the inner angst of like, I just, something's off. I don't feel great about it. And I've communicated that it's more me taking personal responsibility mm-hmm. of like, I don't feel great about this. Yeah, yeah. God, for some reason, is mm-hmm. not like you and us. To- <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I like that expression has even been the way that some people described it. It just sounds like normal nerves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's natural in a relationship. I, I, I'm I'm the best man in a wedding and officiating a wedding in March. And I guarantee you that both of them are going to be nervous on yeah. their wedding days. But that doesn't instantly mean that they should not walk down the mm-hmm. aisle, that they should not, that they should, you know, like leave the bride at the altar. It, it It's just, some of it is just nerves and that's natural. Yeah. And it, I think that some people confuse pe- like peace from God and the peace that surpasses all understanding, mm-hmm. which that's kind of taken out of context, um, with, you know, just normal anxiety over decisions. Uh, And I think that that's a bigger conversation the church needs to have. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's a lot more phrases that people tend to use. Like I can't date because I can't date you because I want to work in my relationship with the Lord. That there's elements Mm -hmm. of truth in it, like, yeah, great that you want to work in your relationship with the Lord. But do you also realize that you don't have to be single in order to grow in the Lord? Mm -hmm. Married people grow in their relationship too. And in fact, you, someday need to learn the balance of Mm -hmm. pursuing the Lord and pursuing your spouse um and like a lot of people will say that and then they'll be dating somebody a month later and it's like right boy like (laughs) I could have waited a month uh or even or even we'll be saying that and then we'll do no work on the relationship with the Mm -hmm. Lord outside of what they're normally doing and it's like yeah you just you just kind of use God as a scapegoat Mm -hmm. um And so I think that stuff like that is making Christian dating culture more complicated than it needs to be. Dating is two imperfect people trying to make an imperfect Mm -hmm. thing work by an imperfect method. And it's just so much more complicated within Christianity oftentimes because of the way we over-spiritualize everything, use Mm -hmm. a bunch of Christian cliches, all that kind of stuff. That was a very long answer <laughs>
0: I love it <laughs> yeah no definitely heard all of those phrases thrown around we are so I'm actually in seminary right now and we were actually talking oh. I think two weeks ago about how like people will like often say like God told me you're my wife or whatever and how it's like whoa bud like you got a phone up to God like what's happening um, <laughs> yeah so funny um, where do you where do you go to seminary reform theological seminary oh, where is that? I I know people that do that. Yeah. There's campuses like all over. I go to the one in New York city, but.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Lovely. Sweet. I go to, I go to Dallas Theological. So I was like, oh, "Oh, nice. Okay. But
0: awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Just like next, could you tell people like, if they want to buy your book, what to expect in reading it? Like maybe like some of like the points in it. Yeah. So they have more clarity.
1: Yeah. So Christian dating is meant to be cultural analysis not a how-to manual on how to date mm-hmm. um I think that there is advice that I've come up with and and observed and I'm like general principles of like communication is great um you know certain things to avoid saying uh, like those expressions I I'm a big advocate for taking personal responsibility instead of just blaming God for everything um for multiple reasons Um but uh, it's so there's some advice, quote unquote, in there, but a lot of it's cultural analysis. A lot of it is looking at the Bible and saying like, okay, dating is not in the Bible, but what general principles can we glean from this? Um, the stuff that people are saying, is that biblical? Is it in the right context? Is it the proper usage of this phrase? Is it um, a biblical standard? Like a lot of people will use unequally yoked against fellow believers, and they'll use it as kind of like a oh i'm superior to you Mm -hmm. um like we aren't equally yoked and it's it specifically is talking about um you know like a believer and a Mm non-believer and in fact this is this was probably the most fascinating observation that i had in the entire book which is like like that's a bold claim but (laughs) i was fascinated me that the unequally yoked phrase appears in second corinthians there's not a single word in all of second corinthians about marriage wives husbands anything like that hmm. it is a general principle it is about business yeah. it's about friendships it's about whatever not specifically marriage which is, mm-hmm. i feel is the only context that we ever hear it in yeah. um so that was fascinating uh but yeah it's a lot of cultural analysis it's a lot of going through i go through kind of the story of how i got to the mm-hmm. place i go through different pressures phrases um, different like ins and outs of Christian dating culture. Like uh, some people have a real apprehensiveness towards dating apps. Hmm. And uh, in, like a miscellaneous chapter, I kind of go through like, hey, like there's nothing wrong with the dating app. It's yeah. a modern, you know, it's it's a modern thing. It's mm-hmm. not instantly evil. All the same risks that you are worried about with online dating could apply to in-person yeah. dating. Yeah. Um, And talk a- about, Gosh, so many different, so many different things, but it's not meant to be a how-to manual and it's not meant to be like, like single dating, engaged, married is kind of like the process outdated by Jonathan Bakuda is like dating in general relationships Mm -hmm. in general. This is meant to be the stuff that is making the stuff they want you to do in those books. This is the stuff in my book that is making that really complicated the phrases they don't talk about the phrases they don't talk about the pressures they're just talking about like the general principles of dating Mm -hmm. which is great but my book kind of goes more door-to-door into the Mm -hmm. culture uh, and addresses some of those complexities
0: yeah and then if you could give any listeners a piece of advice or Christians they're dating they're trying to navigate this world what what piece of advice would you give them Big oh, question. Man.
1: Sorry to no, uh, spring that one on you. <laughs> no, no, this is a good one. Um, I would say I'd say one. This is just a general principle. Communication is key. That is for any relationship. And I'm I'm not I'm not dating. I'm not married. Um, but i the more and more that I'm just around in life, the more I'm realizing that is probably one of the most vital skills that I could ever have. Um, and that's something that you could be developing even without a relationship in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a good communicator knowing who you're communicating to, being honest, and just and communication is just golden. Um, as far as Christian specific, I'd say one, your worth is not determined by who is holding your hand. Your worth is determined by who made your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we oftentimes think that our value comes from a relationship. And I fall into that trap myself all the time of thinking they're like, man, it's been so long since I've like done a date. Uh, or since I've dated somebody, I'm not married yet. Like, am I living a lesser life? No, I I think the scripture is adamantly clear in 1 Corinthians 7. They're like, no, this is a blessed thing that I happen to be single. It's fine that I have the desire to be married. Like, it's not a bad thing for me to want to be pursuing that, but like, I'm so much freer to do so many other things. Um, A big push that I want to see the church have is saying, Let's not solely advocate for let's just get everybody married. Let's not idolize marriage. Let's prioritize discipleship because Mm -hmm. you can make disciples whether you are married, whether you are single, whether you are engaged, whether you have kids or you don't have kids. Uh, You can disciple your own kids. You can disciple other people's kids. That's the main push and that actually is a bigger focus in Scripture than marriage. Uh, As great of a thing as marriage is. Uh, And I, I also think that we need to be a lot more sensitive in our language towards dating. Uh, as I talked about earlier, people yeah. people sometimes struggle with infertility. Um, mm-hmm. Foster care and adoption is not always an option for people, even when mm-hmm. they struggle with infertility. Um, some people, it's mm-hmm. there is nothing quote-unquote wrong with them. They literally just have not met somebody that, that it would work out with, or they were in yeah. a long-term relationship and it ended. Uh, we can't prescribe... Marriage as the solution, mm-hmm. marriage and parenthood as the solution for everybody, Um yeah. and we also should be mindful of the fact that some of the things that we really idolize, like for instance, sex. I'll mm-hmm. be bluntly honest. I think that yeah. some marriages, not whether they be like short-term mm-hmm. dating to engaged or long-term, I think that sex is a, I think it is a motivator. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's instantly evil, um, yeah. but I think that it maybe shouldn't be the primary motivator mm-hmm. for the decision to get married but i think that even our discussions about sex we should not be weird about sex but we also yeah. shouldn't be weird when talking about sex mm-hmm. uh yeah it, like there's i i had a conversation not that long ago with my friend tatum uh who actually was she was like was Miss Virginia. know. Uh, a little name drop, but, <laughs> but she uh she was telling me about like she's like, oh yeah, I've heard plenty of times of people come back from their honeymoon and they're they're like, it wasn't a good time because it was a lot of dealing with my own personal traumas. It was a lot of yeah. uh, bodily adjustments. And mm-hmm. it's weird how in the church sometimes we will demonize sex mm-hmm. up until the point that you get married. It's suddenly this yeah. big switch. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's a hard transition. Mm-hmm. So we need to, in our church vernacular, this is probably a way more of an answer than you were looking for. But I love it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm but uh, it's like we can hold things very, very highly, mm-hmm. and yet have the nuances surrounding it of hey, yeah. Some people have medical conditions. Some people have physical mm-hmm. um, or mental conditions that make sex a a, a troublesome thing, like a, a bit mm-hmm. of a burden. And so we need to be sensitive to that and not uh, think that, oh, once I'm married, then suddenly it's just, you know, pedal to the metal. Mm -hmm. This is available all the time. And and, because honestly, the way that some people talk about sex makes me think that they view their spouse primarily as a sex object and not Mm -hmm. as a human being. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, they are an image bearer. Mm -hmm. And yes, you might have like the benefit of sex, but that is not all that is actually um what is his name uh the guy he's actually leaving the porch um I'm blanking on his name but he's the guy that took over Jonathan Bakuda he has this quote about how if you I think it's like if you have sex a couple times a week for 30 minutes each time at the end of the year only be one percent of your year Hmm. we cannot be primarily motivated or the one percent of our year yeah we're not Bernie Sanders the one uh-huh. percent is not the total yeah. fixation of our lives uh yeah there's just we just need to have conversations mm-hmm. about so many elements of Christian data culture things yeah. that maybe are being addressed here and there but mm-hmm. need to have larger conversations uh and I think that this book helps to start those conversations yeah. it helps uh give informed uh, opinions and stances mm-hmm. on maybe places we should go, but I'm not, I'm not the end all be all of yeah. Christian dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope I'm not. <laughs> I've made <laughs> mistakes. I have, I have my whatever's, but I, I want people to be able to say no, but like I thought through it. I talked mm-hmm. through it with other people. I run through some things. Cause I, I also hear the occasional thing. That's like, this is kind of, this actually is toxic. I, I hear people completely isolating themselves from everybody else once they get married like mm-hmm. there's this particular individual that I have in mind uh, I don't know her name I've never met her and I'm not going to say like how I know her but she talks about how her and her husband they will not take classes or with like a professor that is the opposite sex Oh wow. and it's because like they're so I guess ner- like they're like we're over- honoring one another and it's like one that I don't think this is like very kingdom minded. I think that you yeah. are you instantly think that one, everybody's gonna be like a stumbling block for mm-hmm. you. And that's just unrealistic. And I think yeah. that you're actually making it a bigger deal than mm-hmm. it actually is. And so by you being hyper vigilant about it, I think you're actually making it a threat. You're yeah. making a mountain yeah. out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. I just wanted to say I don't even remember yeah. what the original question was. <laughs> just talking about your I book. <laughs> I love, I just, I love the the conversation. I, I Mm -hmm. walk away from like in-person or podcast, podcast conversations just like joyous about it Mm -hmm. because I think it's such a needed conversation in the church. Definitely. And people want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so thank you for letting me do this. (laughs) Of course.
0: Of course. I'm also like really glad that you brought up like talking about sex and how like lots of times Christians do make it weird. And there's like this narrative that like sex is bad before marriage and it's like it's bad 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 then you get married and it's supposed to be good and like even great and then you're supposed to be having it all the time and it's like how does like your mind shift just like a whole 180 like when you enter marriage and so we've talked about that in several episodes in our last couple of seasons but yeah it's a huge conversation that needs to happen
1: yeah there's just so much I think that I think that this kind of social mediaizing of relationships has both encouraged and discouraged mm-hmm. a lot of conversations because people yeah. really don't want to be honest about like, they want it to look aesthetically like mm-hmm. once I'm married, this is all great. Yeah. Uh, it might be for some people, but I also think that underneath everything, I think that there's some issues that we're kind of scared to admit that are mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. Um, and I think that I actually just read uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson's book on shame. And he talked a lot about isolation and uh, kind of like remaining silent on things. And he says that vulnerability and honesty is kind of like the the direct combatant to shame. Yeah, Uh, and I think that a lot of people are feeling shame because they're just Mm -hmm. afraid to talk about things because they realize that what maybe they realize that this thing that they've gotten into isn't necessarily what they thought it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody knows that marriage is hard, but then they start to realize oh, it actually is on a much greater extent Mm -hmm. than I thought. Um, So yeah, the more that we can talk about it and more that we can have people be free to acknowledge the difficulties, the Mm -hmm. better for for everybody's health.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then just kind of as a last question, uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, I actually just rebranded. Normally I was normally I was just the name of my book, which is detox Christian mm-hmm. dating, um, on like all my social media stuff. Now I, since I came out with another book or the book of Philemon and I plan on writing a lot more mm-hmm. on a bunch of different things, I shifted to Landon Swain writes, um, mm-hmm. on TikTok, Instagram. I don't really use Twitter, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Perfect. Um, and then all my books currently are on Amazon. Um, and hopefully one day I'll you know, branch out a little bit and get um, like a traditional publishing contract, um, to be able to have more things. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to strictly talk about like dating things, yeah. Uh, but I do have a a book planned for. It's actually talking about the First uh, Samuel sixteen mm-hmm. uh, thing, um, and it it talks about Proverbs thirty one and like the way that beauty mm-hmm. sometimes gets distorted, and the way that people will present it's like an either or like you either have Mm -hmm. to be uh uh in love with the lord or you can be beautiful and charming like charm Mm -hmm. is beautiful beauty is vain but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised and people act like those can't coexist in a person yeah uh and kind of writing about that that'll be a really short one i'm working on that right now um but yeah that's where you can find me
0: hi. Perfect. And as always, if anyone has any questions, comments, or concerns, they can reach out to us at the holy on Instagram, or email us at the holy at gmail.com. I hope everyone has a great week.